Welcome to the Creative Play and Podcast Network. Join us as we share our favorite RPGs, one-shot games, tabletop games, reviews, and convention panels. Sit back and enjoy the show. Hi, this is Kelly, a.k.a. Trixie from Ragnarok and Roll, a sign to Ragnarok story, and Tilda Wimblewick from D&D Journey of the Fifth Edition. First off, I would just like to say thank you to everyone for listening to our varied adventures, as well as for rating us on iTunes and RPGpodcast.com. If you haven't rated us yet, we would greatly appreciate it if you could. And if you're looking for more ways to support our efforts, we are now on Patreon, a great site where you can help us continue making more podcasts, as well as some special surprises for our patrons. If you can, please look us up at www.patreon.com cppn. Every little bit helps. And again, thank you for listening. I think if people want to come in, they can figure out how to operate the door. <laughs> uh, welcome, everybody. This panel is Garbage Art is OK. I will be your moderator. My name is KJ Kavza, and with me is Monica Friedman and Mira Domsky. Um, so recap of what this panel is. Uh, we want, um, we want our finished works to be excellent if we are creators, um, but sometimes they're not. So what happens when they're not? Uh, and if we enjoy works that are finished by other people that are also not good, does that say something about us? Does it say something about them? Um, so we wanted to come up and talk to you all about uh, the fact that making and enjoying bad art is okay. And we hope that in the end you will share with us some of your favorite examples. Um, so, uh, would you guys like to give a longer introduction to yourselves and uh, also give two or three examples of a piece of garbage art or media that you enjoy? <laughs> My name is Monica Friedman. I am the author of a contemporary fantasy novel called The Hermit and four volumes of Bonnie Jo Campbell comics, among other works, and my uh, artwork can be found at 40 versusdvorak.com. And um, garbage art that I enjoy. Just one or two or three. Oh, I just, this is what I want to say. So when I was a kid, I was sort of raised to be an intellectual snob. And if something was sort of kitschy or campy or popular, I automatically was like, no, that's not for me. And then something kind of flipped in me and now I can enjoy like a wide variety of kitschy and campy and and, and not good things. Okay. Uh, I am Mira Domsky. Um, I've mostly just written some science fiction and fantasy short stories. That's not true. I've also written a science fiction book and a comedic self-help book. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, I know it's it's a hard question. Yeah. You just pick two or three. Oh, I mean, I the, the hard part is like, is it garbage art? Is it not garbage art? You know, like I enjoyed the room. Um, I know you said you enjoyed the room. Um, and, I mean, enjoy enjoyed is a oh oh weird word. I was very drunk. <laughs> um, what else do I like? Um, bad romance novels. <laughs> okay. So good. Hot and badgered. So good. So bad. Um, 
You'll think of something as soon as somebody else starts talking. That's true. Yeah. Okay. Okay, that's fine. Um, and I will introduce myself last. Uh, I'm KJ Kabza. I've elected myself the moderator because this panel was my idea. Um, I uh, write short fiction, fantasy, and science fiction. I've been selling short stories for about 20 years by this point to places such as FNSF, Strange Horizons, Beneath Sleeves and Skies, Vice, Tor.com, and many other venues. My latest collections are up here. Uh, we have the Through Spaces, which is a collection of my work for maybe the past six or so years, and also Heart of Brass and Other Fantasies. This is the latest one. This is the sexy one. This collects erotica from earlier in my career. I don't write it anymore, um, but they're both available on Amazon, should you be interested. So my picks for favorite garbage media, I will, uh, again, just picking two or three, I would also say The Room, if none of you are familiar, The Room is a film, I think, written, directed, produced, and starring one guy, Tommy Wiseau. Uh, he, had a certain, he had a certain dramatic vision for this, but it's just absolutely terrible and unintentional comedy gold. I will also pick the writing style in general of Charles Dickens, which is perhaps an interesting and controversial take for garbage art, but we will get into that and I will explain what I mean. And I will also pick the YouTube channel Fail Army. <laughs> it's media, it counts. I feel, I feel like guilty and bad about myself if I ever enjoy it like that. Oh, well, we'll, we'll, get, we'll touch on that point too. So it makes you feel bad, but you still do it. Is that Archer? I, I really like Archer. But I well, Archer's bad hilarious. <laughs> I feel bad about laughing at Archer. Well, I think um, I think that that's an interesting question, and it sort of eases us into the first part of the panel, which is, what do we mean when we say garbage art? Is your is your tentative definition? If I feel bad when I consume it, is that is that kind of like your personal metric? Maybe that, or maybe like I should feel bad, but maybe uh, I don't. Okay. <laughs> Mira and I had a little conversation yesterday about this, and, and I was suggesting that that maybe nothing is truly garbage because it, if it can be enjoyed by somebody, even on the level of like like hating it, but love it, like hating it so much that you love it, perhaps. Or I was just thinking what you said earlier when you were talking about movies, and I was thinking about Rocky Horror Picture Show, oh, yeah. which is sort of like the pinnacle of like WTF, but and yet it's it's such a classic, and it was such a huge part of my adolescence, and and sort of formed me in many ways, and I think many people would would say that there was some part of their awakening that came out of going to see that film at midnight. Um, and it's not a good movie, but it's a great movie. <laughs> so, I mean, certainly if like we step back far enough and we say, well, nothing is garbage because everybody appreciates something, I think that is a valid point. Um, but just for the sake of, sake of like shit stirring, if you had to define garbage <laughs> art, what would, you, what would you pick? Okay, so, God, I mean, like anything that... that because I think that, like, for instance, most television is terrible. That's and true. when I look back into the 90s and, like, what TV shows were popular, like, I am offended by Friends so bad and <laughs> Seinfeld so bad and The Nanny so bad. And I people, Seinfeld. Oh, my God. And people funny. love that stuff. And I hated it. And it upset me that people liked it. Yeah. 
Yeah, so I don't know that I have a definition because it's subjective what's really bad. Or I have this other thing, which is that my therapist said to me, you should paint what failure looks like. And so I was like, oh, I have that idea. And I went and I like slapped, I can't paint. And I slapped this together and everybody loves it. Everyone's like, that painting is beautiful. And I'm like, thanks. It's like my deepest terror. And <laughs> so I'm wondering then, um, I had as one of my potential question, uh, is there a difference between garbage art and art that you just don't personally like? Um, so think about that for a second. I realized that I didn't answer the question. Um, so while thinking, so while thinking about that, I listed those three examples of uh, the room, um, the writing style of Charles Dickens, and then like Fail Army. I think I would break down my own idea of what garbage art is um, until kind of like roughly three three categories. There's overly melodramatic, uh, which is why Charles Dickens goes in there. I actually like reading Charles Dickens, but his um, his prose, uh, if you all have never read it, I think is very is very chest beating, weeping, hair tearing out, like over the top feeling. He got paid by the word. Yes, that's I part mean, of it, certainly. You still get paid by the word sometimes. Well, it's well not so much for novels anymore, but no, um, but for short stories. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. But uh, they also tell you like what you're like. They were looking for five thousand words, whereas this guy was like, I'm gonna just keep writing and keep getting paid. <laughs> I, I don't care for Dickens at all. Oh. I <laughs> well, I think that's the fun. I think, I think what like what Mir was saying about like bad romance novels is like Ch Charles Dickens for me is that I I don't really know that I would consider him like a great writer, but I find it fun to read him. Um, you know, so, so there's that. Uh, I think one thing that makes bad art is something that is predictable or cliched, which is why I put down Fail Army because most of the <laughs> videos on the Fail Army YouTube channel, if you are not familiar are people um, usually doing something stupid or hurting themselves in ways that are very predictable. Oh no, he's trying to go off a hard jump on a dirt bike, what's gonna happen? He falls over, <laughs> hilarity, like every time. But I laugh and I still keep watching it. Um, and, but I think what really gets to the heart of what garbage art is, or at least what I would call garbage art, is something that the, the creator intended to produce a specific reaction in the audience and completely failed in that objective. Which is why I picked The Room as an example, because the creator intended it to be like a thoughtful, hard-hitting, interpersonal drama about like betrayal and family relationships, but instead it just sucks and it's funny. Um, so yeah, that's, that's why I would pick that. Uh, and as for like a difference, as far as the difference between garbage art and art that I just don't personally like, I feel like I would hold pretty strongly to that last definition, but I will admit that um, Something that's just melodramatic and predictable is maybe just art that I don't personally like, and I'm, I'm not going to die on that particular hill. But the one I would pick is something that the, the creators had an intention for and just did not succeed. It's interesting. I think those are good. I'm right. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you were getting, what's, when what's you proposed this panel, I was sort of thinking about it um, in the sense of throwaway art, i.e., oh. art that you make yourself, but you're not holding yourself to a high standard. And, <laughs> right. So, and, and it, if you saw my panel earlier today, when I started drawing web comics, I started drawing these sort of uh, biographical, autobiographical um, web comics where I was uh, portrayed as a dragon, and the art is just abysmal. And I wasn't even trying. All I wanted to do was produce content, and people loved it. And, and it was not my best work in terms of the drawing. And to me, the drawing was trash. Um, but it was doing something for me, and it was obviously doing something for the audience. 
Hmm? I was just going to say you have thoughts about that, but you started talking anyway, so oh. clearly you do. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I, I brought along a couple of my pieces of artwork that I um, decided I was not going to do well. Um, <laughs> intentionally, intentionally doing something stupid, basically. Okay, would you, um, since you have that, and since it's not giant, would you be comfortable, like, passing it out to the audience so they can, they can consider? This one, this one has a bad word, y'all, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> not really. <laughs> Mira's going to provide some examples for us. Just finding. Oh, wait. Okay, work, work with our volunteer here, and Monica and I will vamp. Okay. So ready to rejoin the discussion. Uh, yeah, so art, art that you make yourself but don't hold to a high standard. Yeah, yeah I would say that as well, in addition to what you said. Do you think, do you think that then, like, as we're starting out as creators, we have to, like, embrace that That's literally that what I to... want to say, yes. Okay. Like, it's so important, and I talked about this in my session earlier as well, which is that sometimes you have an idea of what you want to produce in your mind, and then you start drawing, maybe you're a little kid, and you're like, wow, this is terrible. Like, I wanted to be a painter all my life, and my parents gave me some acrylics when I was seven, and I painted one picture, and I was like, this is garbage, and I didn't paint again until my 20s. Um, and you you have to make bad art before you can make good art. Nobody starts out making great art. <clears throat> I take a lot of like sort of professional comfort in reading people's first novels <laughs> and then like reading their novels later when they're actually good. I'm like, oh, everyone has a first and before that, because then you can find, like, if they're really famous, you can find their juvenilia, and then you're like, wow, like, I see, like, the seed of how good you were going to become, but, like, when you were 17, you were bad. <laughs> so your, um, so your definition, art you make yourself, but don't hold to a high standard as, as garbage art, like, how, how do you think that that contradicts or doesn't contradict with the idea that when you, when you set out to make art, you, you do it because you want to make something good? How do you hold those two conflicting things I want things to make something, period. Okay. So whether or not it's good by my subjective, right? Because, and it's, again, it's subjective what's good and what's bad, I think. I mean, I think most people would say that movie that you're talking about is bad, but generally speaking, it's subjective. And I can go out there in the hall and I can look at every artist and I can be like, wow, like I draw way better than this person, but they're richer and more famous than I am. I <laughs> like <laughs> 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 you, uh, what do you think about that? Do you, like when you sit down to create, do you also strive to just make and not worry about whether it's garbage? Sometimes, like sometimes I do. Sometimes I intentionally sit down to make something that I think is going to be really stupid. Ah, can you can you talk about that? Like, where where does that decision tree fork? Like, why you decide to make something bad? Because I'm a spiteful person. <laughs> <laughs> to yourself or to the outside world? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes, I'm just like I will make this thing and make other people stare at it. Sorry, not really. Can Can you talk about some of those art pieces? <laughs> well. Uh, for instance, one of the pieces that I've passed around is uh, called Everyone Deserves a Gold Bikini. <laughs> uh, 
And it is a, a xenomorph wearing Princess Leia's bold bikini. <laughs> <laughs> I like her shoes. It's genius. I know it's a, that's not garbage to me. But that was sort of like, like a big old, like, this is going to be done in like, I'm gonna put effort into this, but it's not gonna be good art. This is like a monster wearing a dress. <laughs> so, and then I drew some other things that were monsters wearing dresses. And That's what we call cursed. <laughs> <laughs> it just had to be born. <laughs> but yeah, I just, I, I do it because it's fun. It's fun, and other people are like, oh, why did you do this thing? It really is. Yeah, I that's what I always want people to get back to, right? Because because if you get yes, I love it. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I have not seen these prints. I'm selling these prints because <laughs> I do have a couple of them in the folder. <laughs> I, I know I know a writer who would buy those. Lona Vanes. She writes the. She she she's writing. She writes very oh, Mona Ventress. Yeah. I know her. Mm -hmm. Yes, <laughs> she would buy that. I should give her one. It's spicy. It's <laughs> Can you talk about? Um, okay, so there's there's art that you make that is intentionally terrible, um, and there's it, for you it's just art. There's kind of you just it might be terrible it. on its own. And then, okay. Can, can you talk more about art that you have tried to create that is not intentionally terrible? Like, what's the difference between, I feel like drawing a xenomorph in a bikini, and like, I'm gonna make something good. Is there like a different headspace for you? Well, I mean, yeah, like I'm, you know, I, I'm like, I'm going, to, I'm going to make art now, or I'm going to write something good, and then like, you sit down and you look at it later, you know, after you've, finished it because you know you're working and you don't you're like it'll look bad while I'm working on it it'll look bad while I'm working on it and then you're like almost done you're like oh can I fix this and sometimes no it's it sounds to me then that like when you sit down to intentionally create bad art you find that more freeing yes it's very fun okay Forgot what I was going to ask you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> comments. That's a good way to comment. Not to make this all about my mental health issues, but <laughs> my therapist said to me, "This is several years ago. Well, you're a perfectionist." And I said, well, "What are you talking about? I've never done anything perfectly in my life." And she said, "That's what a perfectionist would say." And this was something that has held me back my entire life and I think most people know this feeling which is that you have an idea of what you want and you want it to be perfect and then you're paralyzed by the disconnect between where you are and where you're trying to go and you end up doing nothing instead of doing something that's halfway or a quarter or three quarters of the way you don't know how far you're going to get if you never try and so that was like a real turning point for me was um, saying it doesn't have to be perfect in fact it, it can be bad, um, but I've done it, right? I said this earlier, too, which is what my therapist says to me. Don't let the perfect be the enemy of the done, right? Not even the enemy of the good. But because if you've produced something, even if it's trash, like you've produced it, you've done something, versus not doing anything. And so I want to say that like garbage is better than, than nothing. Mm -hmm. Certainly, certainly one of the benefits of writing, or if you're an artist working in layers and Photoshop or something like that, is that you can't always go back and revise. So 
um, yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't matter if it doesn't come out, right? You can always work on it. It's it's easy in, in if my visual art, it's easier because I sort of have less faith in that and less training in it, so I don't expect it to be as good. But what's happened to me as a writer, which is something that I have been working on for thirty six years, I've been trying to hone my craft. Um, and I definitely get that paralysis because I believe that my writing at this point should be perfect. And then I sort of agonize over every single word. Whereas when I was 12, I would just sit down and come home from school and write for two hours and not think about what I was doing. Listening to the to the two of the, the two of you, I think I'm maybe more in your camp that like if I'm creating, I'm just creating. I'm not trying to make art that is intentionally bad or intentionally good. I have, in fact, tried to tell myself, I'm going to make something ridiculous, and I'm just going to have fun with it. But then as soon as I, as soon as I start, yeah. I take it seriously, and then I'm like into it. <laughs> I That's where you went wrong. Sometimes. <laughs> it's it's more high. Ever tried to. <laughs> I, I, getting drunk and writing with your friends is super fun. We should do it. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> this panel endorses alcohol. There's a work. There's a work, you know. In progress. Okay, uh, I have I one of my possible questions here. Is there a piece of garbage art that you've created that you nevertheless love, and if so, why? But I think you've already covered that nicely. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna flip that around then. Is there is there a piece of garbage art you've created uh, that actually wasn't even all that fun, and you're you're kind of wondering why you tried? Yeah, I wrote a short story once where I was trying to like trying to understand a friend of a friend who made no sense to me. I did not like her, so I tried to write a character like her, but you can't you can't do that. You don't like them, I guess. Hmm. It came out very badly. Okay. <laughs> and uh, have you have you ever sat down to like just create something, and even if it hasn't been very good, you, you still haven't had the confidence to like get it out there and share it with the world? Oh, that because what I was going to say. So I did some years ago. I've done NaNoWriMo twice. If anyone, if, yeah, most people know what that is. And so the first time that I did it, and I knocked out this whole novel, and it's based on a really terrible thing that I did in my past. Most of my fiction is in the speculative range, and it's the whole range, sci-fi, fantasy, horror. And I wrote, um, it, I guess you'd call it chiclet. I mean, it's, it's a contemporary romance kind of thing. And yeah, it's, I'm ashamed of it, um, but... It's on the internet under a pseudonym, yes. Uh, so, no, I guess I'm sort of used to exposing myself. Okay. I had, um, I've written, early in my career, I would I would write stuff that, that I would call garbage art just because it was early, it wasn't very good. It would be, it would like meet my definition of, I intended to do something with this and it did not work, but I was trying to get my name out there, so I just, kept submitting and submitting and submitting until it sold and somebody would buy it for a dollar or two or five. Um, and that stuff is out there. I don't know if I'm ashamed of it exactly, but I wouldn't necessarily recommend it to people to read. Um, my short fiction, my first short fiction collection is like not up here. Uh, but that, uh, that also makes me want to ask, um, so you've made a piece of garbage art. Is there, what then do you, do you do with it? 
Like I, I've tried to sell mine. You've tried to because <laughs> you sell know, all of yours. You know me. Like I don't try as hard as other people with that. I need to tell everyone something about KJ. Um, so KJ uh, is it good? Yeah, it's so crying? good. In fact, I put it in a comic one time. He said it was all right. That's oh, all right. Um, KJ um, is a collector of rejection letters from publishers. And he really wanted to build that collection, and he had a huge collection. And he accidentally sold some things while amassing the collection. <laughs> However, I, I forgot that I, that I used to think of it that way. What? Thank you for reminding me. Uh, when I was first starting out as a writer, to not keep myself discouraged and like um, to to not get my hopes up too much, I would say, no, no, I'm not trying to sell stories. I'm trying to collect rejection letters. So I gotta just keep sending stuff out. I'm gonna get those rejection letters as fast as possible, but I would still sell stuff, um, along the way. Yeah. I have rejection sensitive dysphoria as many oh. people do. So it's not as easy for me. Yeah. But my, my answer, well, my, okay, yes. So my answer would be like, try to, try to sell your garbage art because like, we, like, we started this panel listing some things that we thought were, like, ridiculous or, like, not very good. Um, but you've all heard what those things are, because there is no accounting for taste, and one person's... It's the old adage, one person's trash is another person's treasure. So even if you think it's not very good, even if it isn't very good, somebody will buy it anyway. Um, I, don't, I don't know why, um, but they will. So I, I always say try to sell. Um, so you should, in fact, try to sell your um, your xenomorph in a, in a dress picture. I have sold a number of um, my bad arts of various kinds. <laughs> this, is, this is nice. Can you think of um, you know some other bad art that you have sold? Uh, like just like just like paint a picture with your words for us. What is there a market for that we might not have thought there's a market for? For example, monster erotica. Yeah. Absolutely. That's big. Yeah, Monster Erotica, which is also published under a pen name. <laughs> <laughs> and I got a one-star review once. Oh. And I was like, oh, I wish you had said why. <laughs> Just one star. And I was like, did you not read the description? The description was very clear. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm going to leave... The extent of that description to my imagination. <laughs> More exciting that way. Um, okay, so let's talk a bit more about the uh, the garbage art of, of others. Uh, what is? I, I want to hear more about your relationship to the garbage art that you consume. Your relationship to like bad romance novels, or your relationship to terrible television. Because I, I, I try to limit myself, honestly, because like, cause I wanted to talk about Chuck Tingle novels, and I never read a Chuck Tingle novel. I have! <laughs> I assume they're terrible, but I assume they're terrible can, in a great way. Can you describe for the audience who Chuck Tingle is, in case people are not aware? Uh, so Chuck Tingle is a author who um, originally became well-known for a series of bizarre erotic novels, most of which the title began pounded in the butt by, and then, you know, it was sort of like dinosaurs, and but then it became sort of like more abstruse and esoteric until he was like pounded in the butt by his handsome library card, and like pounded in the butt by these philosophical, I've never read one though, so, um, and then he got, this was some troll thing, but they he got nominated for a Hugo 
uh, which was like a real upset to the community. And then did he win the Hugo? He did not he win, did. but uh, it was a, it was enough to really throw people. And so I don't know because I guess he's just been on tour, and I've seen photographs of my friends. All and he doesn't uh, show his face. He wears a pink bag over his head, and he oh, goes yeah. on tour. And I've seen photographs of all these people that I went to like college and graduate school with, and he, he's got his arm around them. And, and uh, so he's really yes, okay, yes, okay, yes. Mira with Chuck and so this was this he was cranking them out I mean he they would so fast and, and if something happened like maybe even like politically I guess he, mm -hmm. he would have this whole novel like uploaded to like the Kindle store they're not full like the controversial political figure would be yeah oh, oh yeah. in the butt by Obama's tan suit or whatever <laughs> 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 time and Oh yeah, it was literally like a 24-hour turnaround period or something like that after the vice presidential debate in, uh, was it 2015? Something uh, like that. Yeah, yeah and he did uh, uh, a version of Mike Pence pounded in the butt by his handsome werefly. <laughs> and it came out like 24, maybe 48 hours after the, the debates. He sprays that thing out. Yes, and I can't imagine that it's really good, but it speaks to something in people who want to hear narrators being pounded in the butt by concepts and dinosaurs. <laughs> it, it, it sounds to me that based by this unexpected response that your relationship to this piece of this type of media is admiration. Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Okay. Yes. I'm, I can't because yes, if I was sort of like pushing everything that came into my head because I don't do everything that comes into my head. But if I did, and then I pushed it, and then people were selling it, yes, to me that would be amazing, amazing. People people are reading it, you know, people care. Someone, someone noticed what I did. But do you have that same type of admiration for like television, which you also classify as Well, I think that's different because that's, what I don't like about it is that it's lowest common denominator, and it's intentionally supposed to like appeal to like the dumbest things. Whereas Chuck Tingle is appealing to something very specific, but not something very stupid. Mm -hmm. So there's like, there's intelligent, and then there's less intelligent garbage art. Yes. Uh, okay. Sure. Yes. Oh, interesting. I, I that, yes. Okay. <laughs> Do you have a comment on that? Intelligent versus dumb yeah. garbage art. <laughs> not at this time. Thank you. <laughs> I think something's popular and stupid. Like that doesn't mean that it's garbage to everyone else, though. Like obviously, like all of those shows I mentioned, they all won all these awards and they had all these, uh, you know, people people became incredibly rich and famous over them. So it's just because it's like I think it's one man's trash is another man's treasure. You know, one man's hit TV series is like another non-binary person's like, please put it in the garbage disposal and turn that on. <laughs> Can you um, can you talk about your relationship to bad romance? Um, I mean, I guess it's like I wasn't a huge romance reader until the pandemic, and then I decided I needed a lot of books that ended happily. Mm. Um, <laughs> um, and along the way, I came across some uh, some books that were just they were not very good but it was super fun to read them you know you just be like um, like I just I just finished one that's and I like I said with, the, with these bad romance novels like I almost I almost don't feel like they're bad but at the same time it's like 
you know, one of one of the ones I recently finished was called That Time I Got Drunk and Yeeted a Love Potion on a Werewolf. Okay. <laughs> that's the title. Is, is that also a synopsis of the book? <laughs> no, that's the first chapter. <laughs> yeah, later there's a talking sword and like uh, an evil cult. It just, you know, tentacles, because why not? Okay. Do you, um, would you, would you say that your relationship is, uh, mostly, like, you mostly take comfort from it, or do you still feel bad for reading these? A little bit of both, yeah. It's very, it's, it's comforting to know that, like, to really not know what's going to happen next. Okay. <laughs> like, that's kind of fun. Um, like, it's not, and, and. You know, I get to the end and I'm like, should I be ashamed about this? Like, should I tell my teen volunteers what I'm reading? <laughs> I did. Okay. <laughs> but maybe I shouldn't have? I don't know. <laughs> okay. Um, I think, so I think for me, uh, my relationship to the pieces of bad art con that I consume are in relation to terrible movies. I love terrible movies. Um, you know, from you know, from seventies, eighties, nineties, like terrible, terrible foreign films, terrible old children's cartoons. Did you go what? see Slaughterhouse? Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. We gotta go see that. What about like? Okay, so there's also like a genre of films where like they know they're terrible. Like, have you ever seen Thanks Killing? Um, no. So like, I'm I'm less interested in films that know they're terrible because I like I like that failure. I like, I like seeing the author's intentions just like diverge over time and what the thing actually does. Like, if you'll remember that, that like was my definition of garbage art. Where yeah, like, right. intention just like failure, mm -hmm. and that's I don't know. That's that's um that's what I'd like to view. My relationship with it isn't complicated though. I don't feel guilty about it. No. I just take a lot of pleasure in it. I don't know. Yeah, no, I feel guilty, but I do it anyway. What, what about makes you feel guilty? Like, oh, it's just so bad. Like, you should do something better with your brain. Yeah, you know, like, I could be watching, not that I'm a big fan of award-winning movies either, but, like, you know, I could be watching something, and, like, afterwards, I'm going to be like, huh, maybe, maybe I had, like, some feelings and thought something. Okay. And these ones do not do that. I think about, um, I love I love children's movies, especially animation, and I'll watch almost anything if I think it's not going to be terrible. So probably the worst thing that I ever sat through was this movie called Animal Crackers, which I literally <laughs> wrote a novel about how bad it was, and I finished it, and I immediately texted him or sent him an email, and I said, well, I saw a movie that you're going to love. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad. I mean, it, on like so many levels, because it's like a kid's movie, and has like this these bizarre sexual innuendos, and then there's like one character who sings songs that he can't sing, but like the rest of the film isn't a musical. And like it just goes on and on of like every decision they made was the worst possible decision they could make. Well, one thing I notice in movies, and I'll say, um, like written by committee, you can often tell that like there's like 50 people put their ideas in there. There's no cohesion to it. Are there... Um... Are there any examples, switching topics a little bit, mm -hmm. of garbage art that you think have influenced you as an artist, for better or for worse? I mean, there's the stuff that you read now, but like, kind of like tracing the way back when you first started to create. I think 
about stuff. So there was stuff, I don't know, I didn't understand a lot of things when I was a kid. And uh, I loved this series. This is an old, well, not that old, but I think probably from the 80s, um, called Myth Adventures by Robert Asprin. And okay, so it's a comedy. It's supposed to be funny. And I didn't know that. I thought it was high fantasy. You know, and like if reading it again, I'm like, like it, it's bad and it just gets worse, but there's something very compelling about it. I, I loved those books when I was like probably, I don't know, 10 years old. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember when I was very small watching uh, Scooby-Doo and I thought that uh, it was like just genius murder mystery. <laughs> <laughs> and then I didn't watch it as an adolescent. And as an adult, I sat down to watch a classic episode of Scooby-Doo, and I was like, this is not what I remember. <laughs> <laughs> like, I thought it was brilliant when I was a child. I, I find that that's the case with me also, is that, like, the stuff that I was very into as a child does not hold up when you're older. I don't know if any of you have heard this term before. Like, science fiction fantasy fans will often refer to this as visited by the suck fairy. Like a thing that you used to love has since been visited by a mystical fairy and now it sucks. Um, Mandela effect. That's another term for it. Mm-hmm. I want to think of Piers Anthony, right? Like, oh, could be, yeah. Piers Anthony, like, I don't think his writing is very good. And, and um, but, but people love it. And, and the sort of, those, um, what's the... Um, are, are you talking about the Xanth novels? Yeah, the Xanth novels. And the first one's not bad, actually, although reading it sort of like through the lens of time and you're like, oh my God, like his ideas about gender are, forgive my language, but they're fucked, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and, so, and, but, and, then, and then he wrote like 50 of these books and each Quite one is lot. worse than the one before. Yeah, and, and he had a very high opinion of himself, very high. I have a, he wrote the, it's like Anthology is the name of this uh, collection of his. And he's like, my stories were, were so, um, uh, you know, controversial. People wouldn't publish them. And I'm like, no, I think maybe they're bad. And that's why people didn't publish them. But yeah, but, but he's still, he's dead now, but he's still selling a lot of books. Hmm. I didn't read Piers Anthony when I was younger, but I did read um, the original Dragonlance trilogy. I did too. uh, Which affected me hugely when I was eight or nine years old, and I think I tried to read them maybe ten years ago, and I can't. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't reread them. Yeah, Um, I read a lot of Dragonlance in high school. I don't know if that affected me or not. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if it affected me or not, colon. Oh my god, that would be my story. (laughs) I hit my head really bad as a child. I don't know if that affected me and my migraines now. So I think we have um, 10, 20 minutes left. I'm still getting the hang of how these... I think we ended half past. We ended half past. So it's 13 minutes. Okay, yeah. Uh, So I wanted for us to have some time for everybody to give us recommendations of their favorite pieces of bad art or media. so we would love to hear from you so we can uh, take notes and pick your brains and you can pick each other's brains and let us know what, what is the garbage art that makes your heart sing. I didn't even finish the question. <laughs> I, I want to go back to something Monica said about two things at separate times, but committee, written by committee, and, a, and intended to be popular. And I would nominate Netflix's algorithm. <laughs> because they create art based on 
data and they get the actors that are most popular and the storylines that are most popular. And I personally think that's awful because it's not art to me, it's commerce. It's they're just trying to sell maximum sales and I'd rather have somebody written by a person who has a vision and an idea and not just a collection of data. And you know, they knew, right? So if anyone's watching Black Mirror, if you've seen Black Mirror, they, the first episode of the last season was literally about that. And they had AIs just taking our stupid stories and making us look stupid and people watching it. And, and it's very successful, yes. Would anyone, oh yes, please. Pretty much uh, any isekai manga. <laughs> they are there, my garbage popcorn media. Like, this is lowbrow, my brain can shut off, but I'm just here to watch pretty fight scenes. The plot doesn't matter, it's a contrivance anyway. It doesn't, I'm just here to eat popcorn and not think. Preach. <laughs> so if I so correct me if I if I don't have this definition right, uh, isekai stories are basically like portal fantasy, like a main character gets sucked into another world Pretty and much, like has yeah. adventures That's there. Funny. Yeah, yeah. So we're good though. Can you can you think of a couple notable isekai mangas that uh, you have enjoyed for their terribleness? One yeah, is online. really 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 <laughs> terrible and it knows it. It's called I. I accidentally summoned a shark. The quote-unquote main character is some girl that started in the fantasy universe thing and summoned the the embodiment of all terrible shark movies. Oh wow! <laughs> so like Jaws, Sharknado, Sharktopus, all that B-grade sci-fi original garbage. That in the fantasy world. Nice. It's it's terrible and it's wonderful. I'm intrigued. Thank you. <laughs> we love Sharknado. I, did I watch Sharknado with you? I even made you watch Sharknado. <laughs> I wish someone had watched Sharknado with me. And then you told your mom, and then your mom loved it too, right? Yes. <laughs> I watched by myself and was angrily texting my friends. Oh my god, you should be sorry. Sorry. <laughs> but stuff like that, I you know, I it's it's it's. It's like clever in its stupidity, I think. Oh, yeah. Do we have any other recommendations? Please. Like any zombie movie in the 80s after Night <laughs> Dead. They own the cheese. You know. Oh, I've got one. Violet just sent me something the other Sam day that was the like, fair movie anyone had ever made. She said she wasn't even going to see it. It was so bad. I think your, your point about zombie movies um, reminds me of something that I wanted to mention earlier. I find that horror is a genre that is especially rife with people. Um, how did you put it? Being free from expectation or not being perfect. The bar is pretty low from the start. Yeah, you know, like something like that. So definitely, like lots of zombie films. Um, don't like a lot of uh, indie indie filmmakers or people just getting into film will do horror movies for their for their first. Okay, things. it's it's called Draniac, and it's about, oh my God. It's about a haunted plumbing system. <laughs> I'm writing that down. It looks really bad. Oh, did anybody see that '70s horror? I think it's '70s. It's a Japanese film called House. Oh, I've seen that. Yeah, and it's like 
bad, but it's amazing. Yeah, that one is amazing, but it's really bad. What, what is, I haven't heard of this. There's a whole a series of them, too. So yeah, the there is. The first one, it's these six little girls, and they go to this one girl's aunt's house for break, and it's like very haunted, and it wants to get all of them, but the special effects are like, <laughs> even for the 70s, they're incredibly yeah. cheesy. And but there's something very compelling about watching these little girls get picked off by these like fake looking ghosts. <laughs> That's a classic, yeah. That is actually. I don't know if I missed that. Uh, you you have another one. Yes, Jack. I want to talk about the suck fairy. And I, forgive me if I'm probably older than most of the people in the room. But when I was about 12, two science fiction things came out on television almost in the same year. One of them was Lost in Space, which I just loved. Mm -hmm. The other one was Star Trek. <laughs> and I remember debating a friend who liked Star Trek and telling him why Lost in Space was so much better. And I had a chance a few years ago to try to watch a rerun of Lost in Space, and it's just awful. It's, the, it's just awful, everything about it. The acting, the writing, the special effects is awful. And, it, 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 and I can't say that applies to any of the remakes, but the original was just And it was cuter. real seminal for a lot of kids, like that yeah. That was their way into yeah. the genre. Yeah. Mm -hmm. that, that's, that circles back to my comment about like the things that we, that have influenced us that have been bad, or just when we saw them as children and we, we couldn't distinguish. Yeah. Andrew has a comment. Oh, sure. Uh, um, well, uh, Mine is from my childhood, the Spy Kids movies. When I was a kid, I, I guess I just, I just thought they were great, and I didn't really care why. I wasn't very smart. As an adult, I watched them again on Netflix, and uh, I do still think they're great um, because they're so darn goofy and cartoonish. They own it. But, <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, but you know, for bad media, um, you know, I'm going to particularly emphasize Spy Kids 3. How many do they make? That's the best. Yeah, I mean, All right. yeah. because that one they just didn't, they, they didn't care about it. They just. I'm pretty sure some of it was just improvised. It's going directly to DVD. So at the end of at the end of the movie, they they get Elijah Wood in to like be the surprising twist hero that is going to save everyone, and he walks into the last room and is immediately zapped and killed. Way to ruin the movie. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was just one thing that happened. Plenty to love. Uh, I've got one from back in the day, The Land of the Lost, the TV show. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember that when I was little. <laughs> Okay, I've got one of those old 70s, really awful horror films, Werewolf Woman. I, I didn't make it through the whole film. I mean, I cracked up through like the first part of the film, and then I was like, no, I just can't watch now, is this so bad that it, you remember it from the 70s, or did you, like, try to watch no, it? No, I never, I don't think my parents would have let me watch oh, okay. it, but it's just, it's like the opening scenes is like, she's like in this little circle, and she's there drums, and she's doing this little dance on the full moon. 
and then the really awful makeup effects start on her. And then all of a sudden, these, these men with rifles, like, you know, when they're hunting deer or something, you see these rifles. Where, where is she? <laughs> you know, like, they're, they're like hunting her, like... intense audacity uh believe in yourself so much and, and don't let anyone tell you that you suck because you don't if you're making something you're already like worlds beyond the people who haven't made anything mm -hmm. well we've, we've concluded that garbage art is okay which was the title of this panel so we just thank you everyone for coming if you feel like it come up for a Thank you for listening to the Creative Play and Podcast Network. If you enjoyed our show, please check out D&D Journey of the 5th Edition and Ragnarok Enroll a Scion Hero to Ragnarok Story. Also, check out our Patreon page for more content and behind-the-scenes things, as well as joining us for a one-shot game or two.